Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, one and all, to a very special episode of Superhero Stuff You Should Know. This is Sherlock Ben, and with me is... Andrew by Just Gas. Thank you, everybody. That's my name. What type of gas? Fart. Just what I thought. Okay. But <laughs> 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 well, Methane, I don't know. <laughs> and with us, joining us uh, once again, it's been a while, it's Jake from the Bat Feed. Welcome back, Jake. How's it going, everybody? So, Thanks for having us. Uh, Thank yeah. you for joining us this here episode, Jake Indeed. Worth. Uh, I was just telling Andrew, too, like, I think this is going to be more appropriate for you and your audience. It's last time we talked about, you know, the Unmade Batfleck movie with Deathstroke, but a lot of what you've right. done on the Batfeed has to do with, you know, the different ways of putting Batman in a different period of time, including 1889 with, uh, you know, the Gotham by Gaslight type of universe. So I thought you were the perfect person to kind of bring on as a uh, other, you know, consultant, other authority on this universe since we've been uh, sort of been requested to cover this in the past by different fans. So uh, thanks for coming yeah. on again. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me again. Yep. So this comes from uh, one of our $10 tier members, Halsey, who asked for this <laughs> with the news. <laughs> I'll just read it off. He says, I don't know what is more surprising that they are bringing back my favorite Elseworld in Gotham by Gaslight after all these years. Yes, they've announced that there's going to be a new installment for the, that Elseworld called the Kryptonian Age, which we can talk about a little later. Uh, he wasn't sure whether to be surprised by that or the fact that AOL.com still exists is where he got the source of this information. <laughs> My dad Mind still blown. uses his AOL a, a, a account. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah, I know. Mind blown in two directions. If there's enough material, please do a Gotham by Gaslight Universe deep dive. That was initially the whole reason to share the information with you, but then I got distracted by AOL still existing. <laughs> so here we are. Magnifique. Uh, <laughs> Magnifique Halsey. <laughs> Love that. Uh, he's, a, he's a, you know, uh, local com. Uh, what am I? Not local. Uh, he comments often, and he's part of the $10 tier and all that. So gotcha. we know him more or less well at this point. <laughs> yes, and often so, wins. I have a few of those on my channel, too. Yeah. We uh, we kind yeah. of been starting to do a thing where Patreon patrons get to win the comment of the week, and he's often a champion of that. So they just win the prestige, though. There's <laughs> yeah. no prize yet. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this also comes from one of our other fans, big fan Sparky, had and asked a year ago. 
we got to it. Don't say that uh, I can never get back to you guys. Uh, but say, can y'all do a deep dive on Batman Gotham by Gaslight? I realize y'all haven't covered that. And the same Batman costume Robert Pattinson's wearing is in this film also, which he's not wrong in some ways, right? Maybe from, uh, maybe not from the neck down, but in terms of the collar and the stitched in cowl, it's kind of tough to argue that there wasn't at least some influence, not to mention that Gotham by Gaslight is a very detective focused uh, comic story. <laughs> Yeah. So, do you feel like that was an influence, Jake? Oh, 100%. Yeah, like, when I uh, when when I first saw um, the, I think the first release that Matt Reeves did of the Batfleck, or not Batfleck, wow, Battinson costume, uh, my initial reaction was, wow, that looks like shit. To <laughs> 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 be completely honest. But then uh, the better the better looks that we got at it, I was like, okay, there's some mm-hmm. there's some nods to uh, the Capullo style bat cowl. Uh, the mm-hmm. stitching is very obviously a nod to um, mm-hmm. Gotham by Gaslight. Uh, I think it's become one of my favorites over time, and especially after staring at it for like however long that movie is, like two and a half hours, mm-hmm. uh, you get used to it. So it went from complete shit to you really liking it. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Okay. You just had a knee-jerk reaction. Well, were you reacting first. to those uh, those set photos? Because those set photos were not very flattering. No, they weren't. I think it was a combination of that and, yeah, the initial the picture. Um, because uh, I'm trying to remember if it was Pattinson or his stunt double that was in the costume where, like, so, some of his sideburn was visible. Uh, past the <laughs> and I was like, that's, uh, I don't know. The choice. At least in my mind, that's like the equivalent of uh, the modern day equivalent of if uh, Gotham by Gaslight Batman had like a mustache poking out under his cowl or something. <laughs> it just, it just looked a little off to me at first. And then, just, yeah. Just spend 10 grand on VFX cleanup. Yeah. And then that side burn's gone. <laughs> it's very clearly works to shave off facial hair, as we've seen right. in these superhero <laughs> movies. So. Uh, before we go into Gotham by Gaslight, I thought I'd give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about the bat feed for those who aren't familiar with it. Uh, Dan, our research assistant, pulled up this visual of your uh, Gotham 1889 season one full movie. So Halsey, if you want another deep dive into that, <laughs> this is this movie is uh, from what I'm looking at here, two and a half hours. Yeah, two and a half hour, two hours and 40 minutes, actually, collectively of all your different videos on mm-hmm. the Gotham by Gaslight stuff so kind of go into like how what is this movie yeah so um uh for for an overview it's basically if you guys have seen uh the gotham by gaslight animated movie and also read the comic uh, i probably should have flipped the order on that because one came before the other but uh the, um, the kind of the goal here was to do something in the same vein as the 1920s series uh that i have going um, so to kind of give an overview of the channel, I started off back during the pandemic was when it really took off and, uh, I was just doing all sorts of stuff. And then I found this book, Gotham 1919 to 1939, uh, by giant Panda King, small company in Australia. And, uh, they were gracious enough to let me do a book review in documentary format, basically. Uh, and the, the views just took off and I, I think I went from, 200 subscribers to a thousand over the course of a couple weeks damn uh, and it's just taken off from there we're it's like, like a past... video essay kind of thing 
Yeah, video essay. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of in a Ken Burns style, like a lot yeah. more like still life and zooming in and zooming out and moving it all over the place. And it's evolved into much more than that, like finding historically accurate footage from those time periods to tie in um, and make it more of a movie experience um, in mockumentary style. But What uh, do you used to edit? Premiere? Final Cut Pro. <laughs> Final Cut Pro. Are you still on that? Oh, yeah, man. still on that. <laughs> they haven't updated that in years. <laughs> At this point, I'm too afraid to learn anything else. <laughs> Premiere is the closest thing to Final Cut. Premiere kind of took over the reins of Final Cut Pro. But you know mm -hmm. what? Parasite was edited on a goddamn old-ass Final Cut. You know, the Korean really film that won Best <laughs> mm -hmm. Picture? Wow. They, they edited it on, on Final Cut, actually. Anyway, back to the yeah. main story. Yeah, so basically, uh, so we've been doing those. We, we do like short form videos, and then once the season is over with, we combine it into one of these compilations in like a full length documentary style video. Mm -hmm. um, this one, my, my overall goal for, for season one of Gotham 1889 was to combine the best parts of the animated movie and the, the comic. Uh, because, <clears throat> and I don't know, how much of your fan base leans whatever direction the animated movie uh the twist at the end kind of sucked <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll go into that yeah yeah but uh i kind of still i still managed to take elements of that and you've got some interesting tie-ins in my documentary because uh, something they don't go into into in the comic book or the um the animated movie is like say for instance the time frame that thomas wayne would have been born in here and mm. the background where his medical experience would have come from it's very likely that he would have uh, fought possibly in the Civil War or served as like a, a field medic and gained a lot of experience there, mm -hmm. which I think, I can't remember for sure, but I think I had him and Jim Gordon uh, serving in the same unit, which is why Jim Gordon then is, like he, like he knows Bruce when Bruce comes back to Gotham in the comic book, mm -hmm. uh, kind of ties those threads together uh, and includes like real-time history from from our our world you know nice so little things like that but it is it's basically like if you've read the comic book it's what it boils down to is a uber long batman versus jack the ripper mm -hmm. <laughs> yes yeah. so yeah no definitely uh check that out after this we'll include the link uh in the description and in the video and all all that stuff but uh yeah i mean this is this is why I, I thought this would be great to bring you back on because of the fact that I know that you have a lot of love for this comic. This is probably ranked as one of the best Elseworlds as well because of such yeah. a cool concept, you know, like put Batman in the era of Sherlock Holmes, give him his own sort of Sherlock Holmes type of story. Mm -hmm. So let's go into uh, kind of this universe where it started off and, you know, different information. We can go a little bit more into uh, the movie and the twist that, <laughs> that uh, I know people didn't like, but... Let's go into it. So, uh, yeah, 1989 is where we first got this comic, A Tale of the Batman, Gotham by Gaslight. Uh, writers from the late Brian Augustine. He passed sometime last year. Rest in peace. Uh, artist uh, Mike McNola. Uh, inks P. Craig Russell. Colors by David Hornung. And letters by John Workman. It's a very short comic, too. McNola wrote, drew this. Okay. Pre-Hellboy. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I think it was pre-Hellboy. I, I don't remember. Pretty sure I think Hellboy, Hellboy came... Night. Man, maybe even well, yeah, it must have been nineties. I would yeah. I'll look that up. 
Just keep, tell us in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not going to know everything mid-conversation. Sorry, internet. So, uh, yeah, by Gaslight, it is one where it does take place in Gotham because it is Gotham by Gaslight. The idea is that Jack the Ripper went from London over to Gotham. And since Scotland Yard couldn't find him in England, it's up to Batman, who has just arrived, who has just started out in Gotham City, uh, to take him down. So Jack the Ripper is his first case in this universe. Um, we'll go a little bit more into it, but just as an overview, uh, there's this one, and then there's a sequel that's lesser known called Master of the Future, uh, also, also from uh, Brian Augustin. This one's more steampunkish. The first one's not mm -hmm. really steampunk at all. It's more of just out-and-out Victorian era, even though it's in America, but like period piece, you're in the streets, you're in the in the fog of what seems like London, but it's Gotham, all that stuff. Here, it's a lot more steampunkish. Uh, How many changed. goggles are there? Um, good point. Let me check real quick. <laughs> I don't think he wears them. Fuck load of goggles. <laughs> <laughs> it's not actually a lot. It's more of just like, it's more of stuff like there's a dirigible, you know, okay. um, there's like technology stuff that wouldn't normally be there, but you know, that's, that's kind yeah, of what it is world. Yeah. Uh, Magnola did not return for this one. The artist is Eduardo Barreto and uh, colors by Steve Olaf and letters by Willie Schubert. Uh, and then we go to 2018, where we got the Gotham by Gaslight movie, which when I reviewed, because I think I'm pretty sure I read the comic, like most people, I read the comic first before the movie. And I didn't realize the second time going on to both how little they would have in common <laughs> uh, at times, because I was like, OK, like there's there's certain beats that I thought that one that was in one was going to be in the other. And then when I went through it, I'm like, oh, it's really we took the same story of Batman versus Jack the Ripper. And then the only thing that really carries over story wise is that Bruce Wayne is a suspect of being the Ripper hmm. and goes into custody. And then that's pretty much it. Everything else is its own thing. The movie takes a lot more Batman universe characters and puts them into, um, you know, 1800s Gotham, which I think is probably one of the big inspirations uh, from what it sounds like you jake with uh where you played around with the different batman universe characters mm -hmm. um so we have uh, selena kyle was not a character at all in the comic but she is in the movie uh and she's a uh, suffragette uh and uh really there for women's rights at that time as well as also fellow orphan taken in by um sister leslie who's a reimagining of leslie tompkins uh so there's just a lot of different uh, variations here between the two of them the movie does kind of have some cool references here and there. You've got the Robins are now street urchins who kind of help them out. Um, you've got a Johnny Gobbs reference from 89 uh, in there. But uh, overall, besides the twist, because I know you're not a big fan of that twist, um, what are your thoughts on the, on the movie, Jake? Uh, overall, I think it really did, at least you know from my standpoint with trying to piece the whole series together that I do, it did a lot more uh, filling in the blanks uh, for some of the characters. Um, we still see uh, some common threads, like obviously Jim Gordon being the big one, but uh, I'm sure a lot of people, uh, I, I think they did a reference to Poison Ivy as well in the movie. That yeah, wasn't she's like the first victim of the Ripper. Yeah, uh, so that was um, just little things like that on top of uh, getting a more in-depth view of uh, what Arkham Asylum looks like and all sorts of things like that. Um, oh, yeah, that too. 
Yeah, and Hugo Strange. Uh, it was really cool to see those threads and kind of, that's kind of, yeah, like seeing where they would fit into that world. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, I think for the world building aspect, it was phenomenal for this Elseworlds world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do like the, I, I'd say that's the best part too, is the ability for it to flesh stuff out, even if the story isn't quite, you know, mm-hmm. the same as the uh, as the comic, especially when it comes to the identity of the Ripper in this, which yeah. we'll, uh, we'll cover after the break uh, to give people a chance to check it out if they haven't seen it. But uh, there's a few things that I noticed from Master of the Future, the sequel that are in the movie that wasn't uh, in the original comic. So you've got Bruce <clears throat> taking down like a significantly bigger opponent when he's Bruce Wayne, not Batman. <laughs> um, and you've got, you know, a fight on a dirigible, like we were talking about earlier, the world's fair. There's a little bit of that steampunk element in Gotham by Gaslight, the movie that's not in the comics that's taken from master of the future, not from the comic. Um, and then the villain dies in a fire in both master of the future and the Gotham by Gaslight movie. So clearly they read the sequel too, not just the original, uh, mm-hmm. book, but, um, one of the things that I like the most, though, is that because we've covered Andrew and, I, Andrew and I have talked a lot about like the different people who trained Bruce Wayne. And most of them are, uh, you know, characters who are people, you know, people that they made up for to be his mentors over time. Sometimes it's cool where it's like Wildcat, where it's like it's a, you know, a, a, an old school JSA character. But then when you bring this to Gotham, I guess that you can have historical figures train him uh, or fictional characters in this case. So. Um, in the comic, not in the movie, but in the comic, he's his last mentor is Sigmund Freud, learning about mm-hmm. psychology. And Freud references, quote unquote, the London detective who taught him, who, of course, is meant to be Sherlock Holmes. It's meant to be that Sherlock Holmes trained Bruce Wayne to be a detective uh, in this world, which I think is amazing, <laughs> um, of course. And uh, that's also referenced in the movie where he quotes uh, Holmes's. Uh, famous quote about when you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. Uh, and then the movie adds one more mentor that's not in the comic that I thought was cool, which is Houdini. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does a he switches the handcuffs on the on Jack the Ripper and tells him that Houdini taught him that trick, which I thought was a cool thing. So like, arguably he's got cooler mentors, I think, than the main continuity Bruce Wayne, just because he has these historical figures or really famous characters in pop culture. So uh, I remember uh, when he said that quote in the movie, I just about lost my shit. Uh, (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, he said the thing. (laughs) Uh, Are you a Holmes fan as well? I am. Yeah, I have uh, also from uh, this was before we started recording, but I got the uh, the Sherlock Holmes hat and also the complete uh, works of Sherlock Holmes uh, when I went to visit 221 Beat Baker Street in London. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, they have a great setup there where the actual 221B Baker Street is now uh, a museum for those who haven't seen it. A museum that's like a replica of what his place is in like the books. So it almost like it brings all that stuff to life. And then you've got a bunch of old wax figures of them at the very top or something. But uh, that's not really the highlight as much. It's more of just the feeling of being in something like that, which was cool. Uh, but uh, one thing I liked, so if we're going to talk about Gordon, one thing is the Gordon in the comic, not the movie, but in the comic, <laughs> Gordon feels very much like he's meant to be Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> so <laughs> um, we haven't really talked about Teddy Roosevelt on here, but <laughs> why would we? <laughs> stuff you should know. Uh, but <laughs> the connection here, though, <laughs> Calvin Coolidge. Uh, 
the connection here is that um, Chris Nolan compared his take on Bruce Wayne to Teddy Roosevelt hmm. uh, when it came to the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, so that's, oh, I mean, obviously that was well after when this comic was made, but I thought that was uh, sort of an interesting connection in terms of, um, you know, trying to, having ambition, trying to clean up a city, because Teddy Roosevelt was a police commissioner uh, of New York before he was the president. So uh, I can see that connection, even as a kid, when I learned about that and saw that this was a dude uh, with a mustache and glasses, I'm just like, well, clearly he was the real life commissioner Gordon <laughs> at that point. Uh, so I thought that was a kind of a cool aspect. Obviously, the Gordon in, in the comic is a lot different from the, the version in, in the movie. Uh, but I, I appreciated this artistic choice, of course. Yeah, quick note on that, too. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, the show The Alienist uh, with Daniel Perule and Luke Evans and those guys. I have, um, but, uh, but the, first, the first season, actually, you get to see a younger Teddy Roosevelt as the police commissioner. Oh. Um, and oh. I, they kept calling him Teddy, and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked into it, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's it Teddy is Roosevelt. Yeah. Uh, he, he's gone by the second season because by then he's moved on to bigger and better things. But it was cool oh. to see that. And it kind of did make me think of Gordon a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's it's one of those connections still that, or one of the things that I think is always cool about putting this in history, even though, like, I'm on record, I'm not a huge Elseworlds guy, but I do like it when it's um, sort of historical type of stuff, when they change this type of stuff around. Uh, so this, this aspect I, I appreciate of this. Uh, there's... Uh, let's see. Also, other parts of this world is I didn't ask Dan to pull it up, but I should have. Harvey Dent looks like Abe Lincoln. <laughs> this world, he's got that sort of beard that's not really a beard thing uh, going on, and it's kind of disappointing. Maybe it's disappointing. Maybe it's not. I don't know how you feel about it, Jake. In terms of like, they just did not carry over that design at all in the movie. He just has a mustache, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of, <laughs> I definitely went more with the movie version and, and my series uh, just because it mm -hmm. felt more like the Harvey Dent that people knew and loved. Uh, yeah. Because you only get to see him for, I think, that one panel in the in the comic. Yeah, there's not much to him in it. He's an actual character in the movie, and they're clearly trying to, like, make him seem like he's the Ripper yeah. uh, in the movie. He's like the red herring of that. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, let's see. Also, one thing that I didn't care for uh in the movie at least maybe i'm wrong on this but in the comic it's clear the ripper committed all these crimes in london all that stuff actually happened mm -hmm. and he's coming over to gotham the movie doesn't seem to show at all that jack the ripper was ever in london it doesn't acknowledge any of the history from what i remember i think it was just like this guy's now in this guy's in gotham killing people they never really yeah. say that he had a history anywhere else in like Whitechapel. right that's kind of one of the big bummers of that whole plot twist too i think for me was that the person that it ends up being it doesn't make any sense from from the rest of the historical standpoint because mm. uh, it's such a big deal that batman's fighting jack the ripper but if you take away the actual history that makes jack the ripper such a big deal <laughs> it uh it kind of loses some of the gravitas i guess do you have your own theory in terms of who the ripper could have been in uh in the Gotham by Gaslight movie? Well, I mean, in real life. Oh, in real life? I know, uh, man, I've looked at the suspect list that they did have a number of times, and I will say the exact names escaped me. I know there was one individual that they thought it could have been. Um, I'm kind of curious now. Hang on. 
Because it was, it was funny. some of it goes all the way up to like the crown, you know. Right. One of the yeah. uh, there's a reference in the comic to the Duke of Clarence visiting Gotham, and that's a reference to like one of the suspects. People thought yeah. that like he was Jack the Ripper. Um, and then if you've seen uh, or read from Hell, there's there's that theory as well that's connected to you know the royal family, um, which mm -hmm. in itself really came from. It feels like a Sherlock Holmes movie, which in itself took it from a Jack the Ripper thing. Like everybody's taking from something, but like I think to uh, when I was on a Ripper kick, I like I watched <laughs> Ripper yeah. kick. I was on a Ripper. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> no, if everyone's into true crime, I'm like, dude, this was like the original true crime thing that people okay. were into. Um, but yeah, I I remember it was like an audio drama of Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper, and then it was From Hell. And then it was the Sherlock Holmes movie Murder by Decree. And all three of them had like the same exact like identity of who it was. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I know exactly what's going on here because I've seen it. They all have scenes of visiting the insane asylum where that poor woman's kept. Like they all had the same beats. Uh, so I thought it, I, it was weird because I didn't realize that uh, there was that much crossover. I just thought there would be different killers in each one. Yeah. One of the things that I... I was just looking at the article again. Uh, they had such a wide net of suspects because Victorian England was like their record keeping wasn't all that great. <laughs> sure. So it was as it could. They suspected anyone from like street level people to. Uh, and this this was a fun little nod to Alice in Wonderland and even the Mad Hatter and Batman was one of the suspects was even Lewis Carroll. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I heard the about author. that. So. That's the name I was thinking of. I just couldn't remember. I was like, it's a um, famous person. Somebody thought it was a famous person. But that, is, that would be wild, though. Yeah. Have you looked into... Um, I know that... Uh, I know that uh, Jack the Ripper stuff... Well, well, I know that you like the true crime stuff that's in the last, po last podcast on the left, Andrew. But have you uh -huh. had a chance to look into much Ripper stuff yourself? <clears throat> There's a Jack the Ripper episode of last podcast on the left... Uh, and I've listened to it, but I have forgotten nearly every single beat of it. Um, I don't know, man. I, I've listened. I know the major stuff, mm -hmm. I guess, but yeah. uh, you know, I don't know. It's been probably a couple years since I listened to that episode, so that's about it. Like I haven't really watched or read anything else about Jack the Ripper. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> well, from Hell is about him. Yeah. I saw that in the theater, really liked it. I forgot it was about Jack the Ripper, dude. It's been so long, man. <laughs> you know, it's, some people like they see yeah. a movie once like 20 mm. fucking years ago and they remember every single goddamn frame. That's not me. I'll forget a movie I saw a month ago. I just, I'm just not like that. That's not how my fandom works. That's not how my brain works. Um, yeah, it's all, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, it's not something that I like spend a ton of time looking into, but because of um, like there are two Sherlock Holmes movies and then there's at least a dozen different books mm -hmm. that like fictionalize what could have happened if Holmes was on the case sort of thing that is that kind of like got me into it as a kid just wondering like, OK, what really happened? And uh, the fact that you know nobody actually caught who it was was always something that's intrigued people to this day. Uh, when it comes to that but it is kind of a case too where it's like well this also happened like you know centuries ago at this point so right. <laughs> over a century ago so it's like there's like what can you do once you find out who it is 
right? Right. There's only so much evidence out there and stuff. It's a hell of a gold case if somebody does solve it at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? It would be especially impressive considering how yeah. like little evidence would be left. But still, like, I'd be curious to hear like what other people's theories are in the comments section just to see. Because sometimes it's just interesting to see. <laughs> so let yeah. us know on that. But, uh, yeah, I guess I'd give people an opportunity to check out the... Um, the comic or the movie before coming back because we will go into uh, why people think the twist sucked in the movie and why they changed Jack the Ripper. <laughs> so uh, we'll catch you guys after the break. All right, everyone, we have November announcements. And uh, since he was part of the episode we're recording, Tim Maxwell is here from Nuverse Creative. So uh, Tim and I have a few collaborations that I want to tell you guys about, some of which you may have already heard. Uh, they These were definitely um, produced very quickly to the point where they were, I didn't have anything uh, in last month's announcements for these. So I'm making up for that this month. Uh, so we have three to talk about. One is Batman Forever, Night of the Reaper. Uh, and that is an adaptation of the Dennis O'Neill, Neil Adams story, but set in the world of Batman Forever, uh, which has been really cool. So uh, anything else to add on that, Tim? Yeah, I just wanted to say I'm a huge fan, or I, th I think the whole Val Kilmer Batman and even George Clooney, it's very it's very nostalgic for me and I think for a lot of people. And so I think it's cool that we've written or you've written a story and put it in that world. And we could just imagine uh, a little bit more of the, the stories and what, what could have happened you know, with nice. Val Kilmer's Batman. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, and, you know, maybe we'll, we'll dive more into it in the future. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, this one is Batman 89, A Vow from the Grave, another adaptation of the 1970s story, but this time for Keaton's Batman. As you can see from the uh, thumbnail that Tim did, this is the blue and gray suit that you see in the vault in The Flash. And if you're a believer that uh, the Batman in The Flash is different from the Burton Batman, then you can use this as an explanation for the Iron Winch suit in the Kenner toys. So it's up to you on uh, on that, but uh, we... Uh, we, I, I did think it would be cool to have different audios that cover each of the suits. So the original first appearance suit we did with Case of the Chemical Syndicate. This one, Val from the Grave, uh, considering that that suit looks very much like the Neil Adams style Batman suit. So uh, anything else on this one? Yeah, I was going to say I, we had a, or I had a comment recently where I think someone made the request that we make a story or an audio drama or, or audio story for every or for each of the suits that Keaton has mm -hmm. um, in that vault, which I think would be pretty neat, which was actually something I remember when I was a kid and getting all the different action figures. Mm -hmm. It didn't make sense to me that that those suits weren't in the movie. And mm -hmm. I remember thinking, I don't remember seeing him in a yellow suit. Like, <laughs> I, like, 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 I love the toy, but I don't remember this from the movie. And so I think fast forward to now, it, it's cool that we can either come up with stories or use stories to put in that world that would validate or or give a reason for that suit. And so I think that's mm -hmm. fascinating. Yeah, that, that is a good point, too. There's not just because like after after this one, those are the first two suits. And then obviously you got the 89 return suit and the one from the Flash. And then there's kind of just mm -hmm. two left that are in that vault. Uh, but then there's all the Ketter variations. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of possible stories here. Yeah, it's endless, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the next one is set in the Dark Knight universe. This is the Dark Knight Fears. This is an adaptation of the Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale story from the Haunted Knight collection where Christian Bale's Batman 
And this one is fighting, you know, he's in a rematch with Killian Murphy's Scarecrow set during the Halloween, you know, that happens after or in between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. So uh, really, really enjoyed working on, on this one as well. I mean, I, I liked working on all of these, but this was one where it was kind of fun to... I mean, it's my first one writing in that world, you know, because I've written a bunch of the Keaton ones that um, mm. uh, some of the, you know, the, the Nolan style is, is actually very fun to, to try to write or, or try to capture. Uh, and the way that uh, the, the different Bruce's talk, uh, I'll talk about this in the episode, um, it, it becomes a little bit more apparent when you have to do something like this, where each Batman is narrating each story. It's been really fun. Yeah, yeah, and, and huge props and thanks to you for writing these. Uh, I think they're fantastic. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully, uh, we'll uh, yeah we'll have a lot more to come. But those sure. are the three that will have been announced or will have been released by the time that uh, this episode comes out. All right, over to Andrew. Woo! All right, everybody, check check out uh, Gaming Gaiden. That's my other podcast. It's about video games. Uh, Gaiden is spelled G A I D E N gaming guide and we're on youtube and on your favorite podcast listening app and uh it's a lot of like retro gaming 90s gaming and uh also uh japanese translation of video games and that whole world so uh and also if you grew up reading electronic gaming monthly magazine there's stuff for you in there as well (laughs) and um yeah, gaming guide and check it out. Uh, probably best on YouTube, but it's good anywhere. Gotcha. And uh, moving on to the next one, Metal Force. So go to www.metalforce.ninja. That's the website for the project that I'm doing now, and it's basically R-rated Power Rangers meets Stranger Things, and it's a it's like a bloody horror movie that I'm working on, and we just finished our Kickstarter. But I'm announcing now that we're going to run a Seed and Spark crowdfunding mm. uh, page again because the Kickstarter was run during the strike and not many people could do it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So first month or two uh, in um, in 2024, we'll run a Seed and Spark for people that couldn't make it then, and then we'll get to shooting after that. So, uh, yeah, please check out MetalForce.Ninja for all the details. Nice. And then, uh, finally, last but certainly not least, in fact, probably the most important, is our monthly charity uh, promotion. And uh, this is for uh, the month of November is the month of Thanksgiving. And it's known for uh, having plenty of food, but unfortunately not everybody in the world gets to experience that. So... uh, for that, we uh, are promoting No Kid Hungry, which is uh, a way for you to donate and support the work in food banks, schools, and, and other places where children can be provided with, with food and, and meals and, and uh, not go hungry, as the, as the title says. So go to nokidhungry.org, donate there. Again, these charity drives, we don't get anything out of them. We just randomly pick them because we think if you're a fan <laughs> of superheroes, you should also be a fan of uh, helping others. Yes, that's part of the whole vibe here. So yeah, that's awesome, Ben. I actually wasn't aware till we got. To, usually we discuss, but I, no problem. No problem. This is an awesome pick. I do love this. Perfect for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, so. so so yeah, please go to no kid no kid And with that, those are the announcements. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> 
Well, you catch more flies with honey. If you like catching flies, that is, you stupid fuck. <laughs> Alright, we're back with Jake the Ripper, as he's changed his name, so I guess we found the culprit uh, for this week's, <laughs> but um, problem solved. But yeah, we uh going to go into spoilers now in terms of Jack the Ripper's identity in these universes, not in real life, obviously, because we don't know. Uh, or do we? But uh, let's go into it. So uh, we have two different versions of this because the movie decided to change it. And I guess this was around the same time that the Hush movie came out and also decided to change who Hush was. They were just on a kick of just oh. like, all right, let's just not go for the comic version and uh, <laughs> take a try dump to on the fan base. Yeah, yeah exactly. Get me started on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so in the comics, there is a it's a very well thought of explanation where it is um, somebody who's connected to the Wayne family, a, a man named Jacob Packard, who uh, Packer, who is a family friend uh, and was also in love with Martha Wayne. And uh, when he basically got rejected, he's partially responsible for the murders of the Waynes, as well as uh, killing the women in Whitechapel because the women remind him of Martha. So this roots Jack the Ripper's killings in the Wayne family, not because the Waynes were doing anything, but because the the uh, Martha Wayne's rejection of him led him to do all this stuff. And obviously he's deranged. Uh, so it's it's an interesting idea and also carries over what we were talking about earlier, where the Jack the Ripper in the comic actually did commit all the crimes in Whitechapel that happened historically. Uh, obviously, in this version, he is actually caught when he crosses over in America by the Batman. But uh, that's how they thought it out in the movie. It's it's Jim Gordon because lame. He's a I guess a religious fanatic who cut people up during the war. Um, I rewatched it like a week ago or so, so I might I, I'm still hazy on the details probably because I partially blocked it out. But I, I think part of it was hey, like it's a bigger twist if you make it the guy you least expect if he's like the main ally to Batman. And I'm like I get that, but. The explanation was just kind of like, well, guess what? Gordon's crazy, and Batman's going to fight Gordon in this. That's pretty much the, what I got out of it. What was yeah. your reaction, Jake? Uh, they definitely were just going more for shock factor at that point mm -hmm. uh, because I don't, I don't even know the exact reason. We'll just settle for because. But <laughs> um, yeah, and this is the funny thing to me too is that you mentioned the religious fanatic thing. I. It's almost like they were like, okay, let's take one of the the Irish characters and really lean into the Irish Catholic side of things, mm -hmm. but also make him deranged because of the war, I guess, question mark. <laughs> and yeah, it was it was a bit of a stretch, yeah, uh, to say the least. But it's clear from the movie too that you know we don't have a Jacob Packer at all in this, so it's obviously not him. Yeah, and then they made Harvey Dent such a like obvious red herring. That you're like, okay, well, it's clearly not him either. So, yeah, it did kind of work out the way it did, but still, I know a lot of people don't like it, and I just don't understand the DC animated, you know, movies ideas that just kind of change the twist. It'd be like if they did Under the Red Hood, but then Red Hood wasn't Jason Todd. I'd be like, right. what are we doing? It was actually, it was actually just Clayface or something. Yeah, it was Clayface the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> Jason's still dead. It was me. <laughs> yeah, the one exception I think to the, the animated movie adaptations was um, 
the the Court of Owls one that they did. I think it was Batman versus Robin, maybe. Yeah. I, I really liked that storyline as a standalone adaptation because uh, mm-hmm. it took a lot of different things but kind of made something new. I think they went too far with a few of their, like, Elseworlds adaptations that they did or even mm-hmm. just the, like, Hush, for instance. Um, Have they seen... done just a straight Court of Owls I don't think movie? so. Right? No, the closest have. is Batman versus Robin. Mm-hmm. Lame. Yeah. They need to do the regular one. Yeah. Maybe maybe volume one and two of those trades or whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Did you see um, Doom that came to Gotham? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I haven't read the comic book. Uh, I have either. I really enjoyed that movie a lot. Um, it's very different than... The, the stuff that I do, because the stuff I do is very grounded and tries to keep it historically accurate and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a huge sucker for uh, Lovecraftian mythos and all that stuff being thrown in the mix. I thought mm, partly, I need to see that. Yeah, the Magnolia connection too made me wonder, I'm like, is this supposed to be the same Batman? Because the costume's kind of similar. But then you yeah. watch and you're like, oh, okay, clearly it's not. Do they yeah. talk about horrors that you can't comprehend or whatever the fuck they always talk about with Lovecraftian so. shit? Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't you can't be described and then lovecraft goes on to describe it <laughs> that's that's the lovecraft joke just talking about it drives you mad and then you're like that doesn't sound that bad i guess i mean <laughs> <laughs> I, just I, this. I, I do like i do like a lot some of that stuff so that's yeah, it's kind of mm-hmm. cool I'm sur- i forgot that movie came out actually yeah, yeah check it out it has some cool twists on like the different um characters there are definitely ones where i'm just like okay who's this supposed to be and does then, batman like, punch yeah. Co- sorry i'm sorry dude go ahead go ahead go ahead <laughs> does batman <laughs> cut punch cthulhu yeah yeah i'm sorry i, I thought of that i had to i blurted it out <laughs> go, go, go ahead ben go ahead ben i forgot already uh because it is kind of it almost feels adjacent to uh gotham by gaslight even though it's it's not mm. really the same mm. thing it's not the same elseworld it's not the same universe but it feels similar because of um, costume, the Mike Magnola connection. I haven't read the comic either. I hadn't even heard of it until like the movie was announced. And I'm just like, what's that supposed to be? And then it's like, oh, it's based on an Elseworlds. So I'm like, oh, okay. So, yeah, check that one out. Uh, thought I would show this. So one of our uh, co-hosts, uh, former co-host Zach, did this piece, which is the Gotham by Gaslight Batman. But it's Michael Keaton in it. So it's pretty cool. awesome. to share. Yeah. So I've got the card here uh, for that that he sent to me. So uh, I thought we would cover a little bit of some of the other takeoffs of Gotham by Gaslight after, you know, the movie and the comics. Uh, So one of those is in Batman, the Brave and the Bold Trials of the Demon. One of my favorite episodes, of course, from uh, 2009. Uh, In this episode, Batman is sent back in time, thanks to Etrigan, uh, to team up with Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson to go up against uh, the guy who will become uh, Gentleman Ghost. Now, there's a little bit of a Jack the Ripper element, but it's also a G-rated cartoon, so it's not that he's cutting up prostitutes in uh, in Whitechapel. It's more that he's, you know, getting their souls, of course, which they get returned at the end. But uh, I love this episode. I think the dynamic between Batman and Sherlock is kind of cool because they're kind of rivals. Um mm throughout this you know sherlock figures out all these things about batman from just looking at him and batman's like and you're sherlock holmes and holmes like how did you know <laughs> he's like the hat so uh it's a great dynamic between the two of them and it's a great way to do uh it's as kid friendly as you could get to try to adapt gotham by gaslight <laughs> um 
in uh, in that universe. I think uh, I will say, Brave and the Bold is so wonderfully Silver Age. It's like yes. it's just excellent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, check that out if you haven't already. That's the Trials of the Demon episode. And then I'm sure you've heard about this, but there was an unmade Gotham by Gaslight video game. Uh, wasn't published. 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, publisher was going to be THQ and they were unable to get the licensing rights from Warner Brothers. Um, <laughs> people aren't sure whether it means they, they couldn't actually get it or Warner Brothers said, eh, let's not do a like who wants to do a video game of Victorian Batman? Let's go back to uh, <laughs> the drawing board on this. So. I honestly think at least have a DLC. Uh, mm-hmm. God, it would be pretty hefty DLC, but like with its own world and stuff, but it would, I think it would be very popular. Yeah. I think so too, because this is a popular, um, you know, Elseworlds, uh, and you've got, you know, he's going through the foggy, uh, <laughs> like period piece version of Gotham here, which looks really cool. The cape movements are interesting here. This is before Arkham, Arkham City, or no, a little bit after, maybe. This would be well. This is two thousand nine, so this would be around the same time, I think, as yeah. uh, Arkham it's Asylum, but before sorry, Arkham City. So it's possible, like. Uh, yeah, the fog does look awesome. So, you know, maybe they were just like, this is almost like a pitch in video game world where they're like, hey, it could look like this. Mm-hmm. You know, we we can need some funding after this, you know, so we're going to, you're going to green light it or what, Warner Brothers? And then they, they never did. Like, nah, yeah. So, yeah, that's a possibility. This is more exciting. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, the, the way that he just jumped there in that gameplay footage, he must have like, Hello, leg muscles going. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, getting getting jump damage in games is so annoying, and so like in a lot of them, like in Arkham and all that, like they have it to where you don't get it because as soon as he goes to the ground, he flips up the cape automatically. Because mm-hmm. like always having to deal with d- jump damage or whatever in a game is just it's annoying as fuck as a as a as the player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can see why. You know they don't add that, but anyway, this is like way more exciting than uh, what you call it, um, dude. The Suicide Squad you game, say, man. I knew you were going to say Suicide God, Squad. I don't give, the... I don't give one <laughs> flying rat's ass about that shit. <laughs> is this the the original movie or the the second one? He's talking about the video game. Oh, the video yeah. game. It's its own thing. It's you know, it's the sequel to like the Arkham games. The Arkham and it's just like yeah. I would rather you have a fucking King Shark the game than this bullshit. You, you just have people the whole time. Captain Boomerang throwing no, a no. fucking boomerang and super evil Superman or some shit in yeah. the in the fucking trailer. I don't know. I'm on record. I don't really like I don't really like Suicide Squad that much, to be honest with you. Like yeah. not in any fucking incarnation. I like Peacemaker. That's about it. <laughs> Uh, did you hear that they just announced that they're going to be doing a, a weekly Suicide Squad Insider uh, mini episode? Just for you, Andrew. What? Yeah. This who? Is, uh, I think this is Rush Please Teddy tell me in the Rush. comments who the fuck <laughs> cares about Suicide Squad? We're doing, we're doing everything but making Green Lantern shit. I'm not yeah, even the biggest Green Lantern <laughs> fan, but it's way more of a priority than stupid ass. <laughs> stupid ass suicide squad. I mean they it's are the making it shit. now the lantern yeah. make, show they are making make that, the fucking so video bad. game off of that shit too why we, <laughs> why so much stupid ass fucking dumbass suicide squad shit it's driving me crazy I would rather king shark get on rollerblades and have a fucking crossover with street sharks 
than this bullshit. You guys remember Street Sharks? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you try to forget? <laughs> Pretty sure anyway. I have. There is one benefit. Anyway, gameplay footage looked awesome. There is one benefit to it, though. It is Kevin Conroy's last performance. That's true. Yeah. Oh, it is in that game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, shit. I, yeah. Fuck, I didn't know that. So let's see. Going into another aspect. Uh, I know, Jake, you've used uh, some of the, a little bit of this in your videos, but uh, the Sketch Project commented a year ago as well uh, on one of our videos when I was talking about the actor Bruce Payne. Um, and there was like something I had read that I wasn't sure whether or not it was true that Warner Brothers was really wanting him uh, to be Batman because his name was Bruce Payne and they just couldn't get over the fact that it was so similar to Bruce Wayne. Oh my God. <laughs> um, I don't know how true that is because the article that was referenced was no longer around, but the sketch project uh, got our radar on something saying it's funny because in 2016, Payne starred as Jack the Ripper slash the Joker who, I mean, come on, that's probably the easiest person to, to connect to being Jack the Ripper in the Gotham by Gaslight universe. Um, in a Gotham yeah. by Gaslight fan movie, it's called Ripper, and it's amazing. I checked it out recently before, because I hadn't seen it before. Mm-hmm. I'm honest. It's uh, really well done, uh, I thought. And it's also one that I think is interesting, because unlike it, it doesn't try to do the comic. It does its own thing and actually puts, instead of being like, oh, Jack the Ripper did all those crimes, and he, then he went to Gotham, it's Batman's in London. He's in Whitechapel when mm. Jack the Ripper's actual killings are happening. Commissioner Gordon in this is, is not around. Instead, it's Inspector Averline, who is the actual guy who was investigating the murders historically at the time. And he's also the guy who's the main detective in From Hell, played by Johnny Depp. So uh, they've got uh, kind of the historical elements and, of course, the, the Joker uh, aspects given to Jack the Ripper on this. Uh, you've seen this, I'm assuming. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, I actually hadn't seen it uh, until I started my 1889 series, and then everyone mm-hmm. was like, you gotta watch this, you gotta watch this, so mm-hmm. I went and watched it. This was like probably over a year ago now, but mm-hmm. it's excellent, and it, it really does lean, yeah, more into the historically accurate side of things, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, the lighting one... is awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it looks, it looks really great. Um and yeah. one thing I wasn't expecting, too, is that because um, you would think when watching this a period piece, it's going to be like heavy on the violins and shit. And they decided, nope, we're going John Carpenter on this bitch. It's like a synth score. Oh, that's that cool. That's cool. Actually <laughs> seems really cool, which is something that like I, I really like Michael Cicchino's score. I like his theme for the Batman and stuff. But ever since I heard that. Uh, the Batmobile in the Batman was inspired by Christine. I kind of wanted like a John Carpenter synth s score for the Batmobile stuff. I know it wouldn't, it doesn't really fit the <laughs> the type of feel of it, but since it's John Carpenter was kind of an influence on the horror aspects of in, in the Batman, um, it was something that I kind of still associate in my brain. So to kind of see it in this version of Batman in the Ripper fan film was pretty cool. That would be awesome, actually. I would I could see Batman with some synths. Yeah, I was just thinking, uh, you know, the, the Christine type score as he's got like the Batmobile started up and he's like standing, you know, he emerges out of it, that type of thing. Um, but yeah, it's it's been cool because I've been kind of I for Halloween, I sort of went into a dive of all the uh, different horror movies that were cited as like mm-hmm. influential on Batman. So it was Christine, uh, the original Halloween, um, Jackson Putnam, one of our supporters cited They Live, which I'm like. That seems like a weird uh, connection, but then I saw it and I could see the different connections that he was talking about. I'm like, okay. They live I, I, for I, I, the Batman? 
Yeah, Roddy Piper, Keith David. Yeah, I've seen that, but I don't so, know what the connection there would be. <clears throat> so different like visual connections. Uh, there is because he sent me. Uh, I gotta like dig back because I talked to Jackson about this a while ago, but he sent me stuff. He sent me like different comparison images uh, in terms of just how certain things were shot. You've got, uh, you know, Bruce in sunglasses. You've got the guys in sunglasses, but the way that they they shoot uh, Roddy Piper, like looking out through the binoculars, similar to to Bruce in that. Um, he okay. had to like it's a lot of different comparisons. I know right now a lot of these just feel like different visual stuff, but um, I think for me it was. Um, it was the fact that not only do you is your first glimpse at the main character when he emerges from a train uh, in like a train station to like a beat that feels very similar to the Chikino score, but the, it was also finding out that they live is based on a story that was going to be remade by Matt Reeves. Oh. So he's clearly a fan of that movie. That's uh, interesting. So more of the cinematography of side of things. Yeah, so it's more on the yeah, definitely more on the cinematography, not so much as on the story because the story is very different. You know, obviously you've got aliens and shit uh, on it, but there there are different little things. I'm just like, huh, I think Jackson's got a point. And then like when I found that article from years ago that Matt Reeves is going to do, not necessarily a remake, but like a readaptation of the source material. I'm like, okay, well, clearly right. And also John Carpenter stuff was cited as an influence, so um, that was just kind of something that. Uh, I was kind of into for this Halloween is just kind of see, um, you know, a lot of these things that, uh, cause I didn't really grow up with much John Carpenter when I was growing up. It's really when I was older that I finally got to see Halloween or Christine. Wait, wait, wait. Did you like Christine? I did. Like Christine. Good? Yeah. I haven't yeah, seen I, it. I, I think the mood, I think as usual, the book is better to me, but like, <laughs> I, I like, you've the, read it. Uh, you had read it before you had seen I read, the movie. I read, I read, I read it after the movie and then I rewatched the okay. movie. Because um, the book made me be like, wait a minute, did this happen in the movie? And then I checked it out. I'm like, okay, this didn't happen in the movie. But it's, some of the stuff is like obviously way creepier in, in the book. But like the, just the general image of like car come to life, car on fire, all that stuff. That was that was definitely an influence on the Batmobile. Um, have you have you seen Christine, Jake? I have not. I've heard about it. Um, I was thinking uh, John Carpenter in the vein of uh, the Thing was something that I watched oh, the thing uh, mm -hmm. literally on Halloween started uh, falling asleep and then decided to walk, pick it up the following day mm -hmm. and they took it off the fucking streaming service that I was watching. <laughs> <laughs> but, so that happened with me and the shining. Really? They took it off. Well, I didn't, I didn't fall asleep. Our internet went out. Oh. And then the next day, the shining was off of max. So <sighs> Man. I found another way to watch it, and we finished it. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had seen it before, but I'd I, seen I it before. It'd been a while. It'd been a while. I seen, yeah. I'd have been since high school or something. I went yeah. through like a big Kubrick fa phase when I was becoming a young person into film, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I saw a lot of it then, and then I hadn't really rewatched it in a long time. So it was good to see it more as an adult my wife had never seen the shining uh so that was like the reason we did that mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah. i kind of want to check out uh, christine after seeing the shining i was like i think i got a little bit more into stephen king again there's 
throughout the years, I've thought I've kind of thought Stephen King's a little overrated, but <laughs> I think it depends <laughs> on the story. Maybe I'm starting to see why people want. like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you got to just check out like the great one. So like, oh, yeah. like Christine's not in the same ballpark as as The Shining, but like it's <laughs> it's still it still has some like great shit in there. Um, and then like you got to check out basically check out the ones that everyone recommends and maybe avoid the ones that are just like just exist like i i checked out the boogeyman recently and i'm like this does not seem like stephen king at all this is just it just well, like, felt like any other monster movie to me i'm not a huge it, i don't like it i don't like pet cemetery that much i mean they're fine but like all people just talk these movies up like left and right and they're look i'm not pissing a lot of people off right now but they're just not a lot of them are not for me i do like the shining a lot Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm even picky with horror movies. I mean, I haven't seen. I mean, this is everybody talks about how the book's always better than the movie, but I, I still haven't seen the movie that's better than the book yet. So I've kind of like I haven't seen a ton of the. I've mainly seen the ones that everyone says like, okay, these are the Stephen King's ones to see. But even after like it, uh, like I went through the huge tome that is it. And I'm like, okay, now things make a lot more sense in the fucking second in part two. <laughs> like mm-hmm. now the story actually works. <laughs> All those but, sex scenes with the main characters, well, like what? Not, that's just what I've that heard part. about. Yeah, well, that's not <laughs> like why that's did not he? Part why of is on there? Through, in terms of what stuff? I know it's in there, but <laughs> <laughs> why? Yeah, why? That, that stuff why? deserved to be cut. That stuff is that. That stuff did not need to be in the movie at all. Yeah. Thank God they never put them in the adaptations. But still, yeah. like other other yeah. aspects. So. Uh, but yeah, let us know if you have Stephen King recommendations in the uh, in the comments section. I'll definitely uh, be checking out Christine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there is an upcoming sequel that they announced this year called oh, cool. Gotham by Gaslight, The Kryptonian Age. Uh, it's going to be a huge expansion of it, too, because it's not just one issue. Because uh, like Gotham by Gaslight's a one shot. So is Master of the Future. Uh, mm-hmm. This is 12 issues. So this is going to be the biggest expansion of that universe. Wow. Uh, comes from Andy Diggle and Leandro Fernandez. Uh, and it's going to be Batman forming the Justice League and uncovering the secret history between Earth and Krypton. Uh, Weird. Which is obvious so it's going to be title. 1880s with Krypton. Yeah. Wow. So okay. I'm not really sure how that's going to work because I am not. I don't necessarily associate that era with aliens uh, and stuff and a lot of sci-fi. They've things, always but... been here, bro. Don't even <laughs> yeah, worry I know. about it. <laughs> Still. Jules Verne and shit. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Teddy Teddy Roosevelt Roosevelt is actually a Kryptonian. Who is a Kryptonian? Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon just like rips open his shirt halfway through it. Abe Lincoln had an alien in his hat. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we'll find out. Actually, it's uh, 1880s. I don't think Abe Lincoln was around. <laughs> I don't think he made it that. <laughs> far (laughs) (laughs) if memory serves me correctly (laughs) so uh that's what we got in terms of all the different parts of the gotham by gaslight are there things um i guess what are some of your favorite aspects to this universe jake just the historical Um, connections or like what what brings you to this like what what's the big interest for you yeah so i think uh what drew me initially to gotham by gaslight um was you know i'd grown up um with batman the animated series with uh i actually didn't get into comics until i was in high school but a lot of that those television shows that were coming out including uh 
the 2007 animated show the batman mm-hmm. um that kind of stuff was like really cool and then i started to see things on the internet of this really cool looking batman that had like a collar had the inverness cape with like the shoulder thing covered uh, and I was like, what the fuck is this? So I start looking into it. I find Gotham by Gaslight, the comic, mm-hmm. read it, uh, and was instantly in love. Because kind of similarly to what you were saying, I, I've been like uh, reading Sherlock Holmes and uh, watching like the really old like black and white serials for Sherlock Holmes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to remember what else. Sorry, my ADHD had something, and then I, I yeah, lost it. Have you seen it. the um, Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper movies? There's I two have of them. not. There's actually, two of them. Surprisingly, yeah. So, uh, we'll, we'll we might dive. We're we have like an extension with the Patreon in terms of like deeper dive stuff, and I'm going to go a little bit more into um, the different connections between the two. But there was, if it's still on Tubi, check out A Study in Terror because that one they took a couple things from that and cool. put it in the Gotham by Gaslight movie. Because huh. I think the writer cited that movie as an influence. And then I saw it. And I'm like, okay, I can kind of see different cool. parts. And um, it was released in 1965 in England. But then when they were trying to advertise it in America, they're like, how do we make Sherlock Holmes like kind of like, appeal to American audiences? So on the poster, they put, here comes the original Cape Crusader. <laughs> oh, wow. He's got the Inverness cape. And, you know, the John Neville who played him. So, yeah, the actor was John Neville, who ended up becoming the uh, Baron Munchausen, as well as he's the well-manicured man in the X-Files. Um, <laughs> but he kind of has a... Uh, he kind of looks like if Adam West was British, he'd look like John Neville in this movie. Gotcha. Uh, so there's that kind That's of cool. aspect to it. So there's kind of a weird Batman connection to that one specifically. But uh, yeah. check that one out. Definitely. Yeah, but the, uh, the just the whole aspect of... Um... Because you also, you hear about Jack the Ripper in, like, I don't know, mm-hmm. history class or, or wherever. And just reading through this whole thing, I was like, oh, my goodness. This is <laughs> probably, I think that's probably what stood out to a lot of people was just the clashing of these two different mm-hmm. categories into this new thing. And people just loved it. I know I did. Um, but, yeah, I was also, along with everyone else, just flipping out when I saw this announcement. Mm-hmm. I need to look into when this is going to be released too, but yeah. uh, it is. It, it, there's a lot of pressure. I feel like on this because you know this will be the first one outside of the movie that's not written by uh, Brian Augustine, and there's you know 12 issues and it's like a beloved Elseworlds and they're expanding it. So if they screw it up, like fans are just not going to forgive it. It's going to be like the Dark Knight Strikes Again or All Star Batman with Frank Mil- Frank Miller. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, fingers crossed that's actually good. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm hopeful for it. We'll see what happens. And if not, then we still at least have the originals. Right. We'll see a release yeah. date on it. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Um, <laughs> let's go to that AOL.com site that holds <laughs> See. Why don't you ask Jeeves real quick? Let's see what he says. <laughs> Amazing. I think at one point there was like somebody tried to set up like an Ask Jeeves, but it was Alfred. Try to do like an Alfred uh, search engine. That'd be awesome. I definitely tried to use it a couple times, but I think you it could shut set down. you um, could set that up with a Chat GPT like things <laughs> now and have it talk like Alfred. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just says 2024, from what I can okay. see here. At least according to AOL. 
<laughs> you did you really look at on AOL? <laughs> I, I looked at the AOLs, <laughs> the AOL article that Halsey sent us. <laughs> yes, AOL, AOL Netfine. <laughs> Fucking AOL, dude. He couldn't get over the fact AOL still exists. <laughs> Just the fact they employed somebody to write still. about Batman comics. <laughs> that's, that's so funny, man. Whenever you watch those fucking like um, Superman animated series episodes, and I think Batman Beyond, at the end of the credits, it says AOL keyword. Remember that shit? Like oh, it's man. still there in the credits. Like, look up your AOL keyword, and like you could find the page for it there. Like, I was like, oh my god, dude, this shit's so wow. long ago, man. I look back <laughs> on Max to see see what that looked like again, but I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. seeing that. I, I think B B Taz was too early even for AOL, actually. Yeah. But yeah. that would be on yeah. for sure. It was probably when they were doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. All right, so the Gotham by Gaslight Universe, let us know your theories on Jack the Ripper, your Stephen King recommendations, all the stuff that we... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Stephen King episode. fans. It's, <laughs> it's just... A lot of it's not for me. I don't know what it is. Uh, okay. All right. Is that it? Uh, I think that's it. So <laughs> that, <laughs> that, is, that is superhero stuff you should know. Coming soon from Newverse Creative. Fred, what is everything to someone and nothing to everyone else? Your mind. In an uncertain world, in a chaotic time, justice wears a mask. Batman does not kill? What if those slain during his fight with Jack and Ape, the Joker? Love is a game. Let's just say, I could write a heck of a paper on why a grown man dresses up like a flying rodent. Bats aren't rodents, Dr. Meridian. Power is a machine. Question marks, Mr. Wayne. My work raises so many question marks! Here's one for you. Why hasn't anybody put you in your place? And revenge is a trap. The bat must die. <laughs> Courage now. Let's save your bat butt back there. I think a little appreciation is in order. Truth always. Who's the boy wonder, Batman? Experience the original Batman forever. Finally performed in the style of the Burtonverse. I see without seeing. To me, darkness is as clear as daylight. What am I? Batman 3, based on the screenplay by Lee and Janet Scott Batchelor with Akiva Goldsman. Adapted by Ben Wan from superhero stuff you should know. My parents were murdered in front of me. I was just a kid. I can't remember exactly what happened. But now there's a new element. 
a red leather book. Coming soon. So, big thanks to our research assistant, Dan, for gathering the visuals for this, including that Gotham by Gaslight video game demo. That was cool. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, so let's go into some of the comments that we got. The Mike Bartz commented uh, on our episode or our mini episode talking about how the case of the chemical syndicate detective comics number 27 basically was a remake of the shadow story partners of peril. Uh, Mike Bartz says, I read somewhere that case of the chemical syndicate wasn't initially meant to be published. Rather, it was a quote unquote sample of what a Batman story would look like. The publishers, however, liked it and put it into detective <laughs> comics number 27 thus making it the first official Batman story. I uh, like it. <laughs> Let's do it. We're doing it right now. It's Trump number 27. Here's your two cents, literal two cents, that'll <laughs> make you live a, a day in uh, in 1938 or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah Bert's, uh let us know uh, the source on that, because I'd be very interested to see. It's okay. You know, plagiarism laws didn't exist back then. <laughs> They might not have. Well, <laughs> it's also altered enough that you couldn't really do much. Like I've mm -hmm. I've read both stories, and it's yeah. one where like they cut a ton of the subplots from the original story, and like some things like you can it clearly is taken from it, but they didn't like outright take the same names or the same dialogue at times. So like there's enough leeway that just even... the major beats of every, major plot every beat. single beat of it is the same. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if they could have really done that at the time because it's not like literal words were taken. But anyway, um, yeah, that's fine. The shadow 3076, the shadow himself commented, uh, but not to talk oh, wow. about the shadow. He actually commented on um, our uh, Batman, which Batman was the best strategist. So uh, he said, I always saw Pattinson's Batman going to the front door of the Iceberg Lounge as a learning experience. Oh, yeah. So we had a debate about this, Jake, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the part where Batman is outside of the Iceberg Lounge, knocks on the door, says, you know who I am, and uh, walks in through the front door. Uh, it's, you know, so anyway, the shadow says, note how the second time the front door is open, the guy doesn't see him sneak in and the door locks behind him. There's lots of growing and learning that happens in this take on Batman. So... Uh, I agree to that with that in it to an yeah. extent. So I think um, the uh, yeah. So the the debate, if you haven't heard about this uh, mm -hmm. debate, Jake, uh, because other people have, have brought this up, is that uh, that I think um, uh, not just Andrew but others didn't like Batman's tactic of going in through the front door because there's everybody's sort of used to stealth Batman kind of just showing up in the room, right? Yeah, at times and stuff. Um, how do you feel about that? Uh, I definitely, I think that's kind of how I took it too, was uh, what the Shadow is saying in his comment uh, was, uh, it, it's supposed to be like kind of cringy when he goes that first time, because it's like he's making a lot of presumptions about his reputation thus far, and you can see from the guy's reaction at the door that he's like, the fuck are you? <laughs> but um, yeah, I... I uh, I can't remember if it was that first time. Does he? I can't remember. Does he break in afterwards when they don't let him in? Yeah, the later on when Selena is going to kill Falcone, he knocks right. on the door. Okay. The guy comes out. There's, he doesn't see anybody, and then he sneaks in. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It, it seemed like a relatively natural progression, but it, it did make me cringe when I saw the saw that scene that when he came the first time because it was like, oh, dude, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I think um, for me, it was more of just like he's been doing this for two years. We saw everybody be scared of him in the opening. So it felt a little jarring that now we've got guys who don't give a fuck when they see it. Like, I would have liked it if, like, they actually were scared when he came in. Mm -hmm. Um, Because to me, between the two, like, to me, it's it's more of, like, I want to see the Batman persona being frightening to the criminals. And I find that more important than the, you know, occasional stealth stuff. Not because I don't think stealth is important, but, like, Batman's ninja or stealth tactics is something that is relatively new in the history of, of Batman from... Uh, last few decades but him wanting mm-hmm. to strike fear in criminals has been there since the first year so i'm like in terms of priorities i'm like uh, i'm fine with him going and could as long as they show that they're scared and also because i've seen other batman media where he also just walks in um and stuff yeah. usually he walks in with everybody being like oh fuck not people just being like who the fuck are you <laughs> and not wanting yeah. to let him in uh, so Batman's superman adventure uh from the animated universe uh mm-hmm. The scene where he breaks into the nightclub in that animated movie that sort of mm-hmm. I, it reminded me a lot uh when i watched the batman when he breaks mm-hmm. in and then finds the penguin and everything yeah uh, those a lot of similarities between those two as well <clears throat> yeah and there's also even like i think last year i read one where like it's like the 80s and he's walking in with like robin and stuff <laughs> and like punching the bouncer so it's like it's still something that he's done over time. I can't say that it's, that he's never done anything like that. I think it's just the to me it was the execution of of yeah. um, the the guys who aren't scared of him. But then also it's kind of like well they're going to like the more powerful they are maybe they aren't supposed to be scared of him. So you know mm-hmm. it's, it kind of just goes to show that uh, there's deliberate evolution, like the shadow is saying here yeah. about his protege, of course. Uh, and then this last one I'm throwing in here. Big thanks to the guys who congratulated in terms of Ian and Daniel. But this is an announcement. Uh, I will be at LA Comic Con on the panel with uh, our head, pod- the head of our podcast network, Geekscape, has a panel, Geekscape Live, every year at LA Comic Con. Uh, and I will be joining uh, Jonathan London up there along with uh, a bunch of his other guests. Um, who'll be there and uh, we'll be recapping the weekend and talking about uh, you know our podcast and talking about the the uh, comic-con so excited to be there uh let us know if you're going to be there too if you're going to be at la comic-con i know we got a lot of people in california as well in the uh in the fan base so uh keep us posted i'll see you there i should probably address why i'm not going to be there <laughs> so yeah go ahead. uh it's the worst timing of all motherfucking time i really wanted to be on my first panel ever but uh so I've been studying Japanese for about 20 goddamn years. I've There's something called the Japanese Language Proficiency Test, a.k.a. the JLPT. Uh, I have failed it four times <laughs> um, over the years. Uh, so I'm t- taking it a fifth time uh, that weekend in Seattle because L.A. filled up like in two seconds. Um, a lot of Japanese learners in L.A., uh, Maddie from the old podcast lives in Seattle. So I'm, it was like $150 extra ticket, like round trip from LA. So it was like not a whole lot of, a lot extra. Got a free, got a free couch to stay on probably, you know? And, uh, so I'll be in Seattle that weekend taking, I'll be, I'm flying to take a test. (laughs) It's just a weird thing. And then this happened to be the same. I'm taking a test. I'll be done with the test by the time this panel starts, I think. 
but I can't fly back in. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. The test is on Sunday. Yeah. The test is on Sunday. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's just, it sucks, man. But it's one of those things where if I pass, it's like passing the bar. This is like the bar of Japanese language. Mm -hmm. I can put it on my resume and shit. So, and it's only offered once a year in America, Mm -hmm. I think twice a year in Japan, but I'm not, I don't want to fly and be jet lagged taking it in the summer in Japan. I'd rather just Mm -hmm. Seattle and LA on the same time zone. So it's just like, it's, it makes more sense to do it this way, but Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. There was no, by the way, real quick, quick tangent. Like there, I've taken the test before, Japan Foundation, man, you should have emailed me and said, hey, start registration, get registered. You know, you've taken it before, take it again, you know, that kind of thing. Never got that email. I, I have a friend in my Japanese group says, hey, you signed up for GLPT? I was like, oh, fuck. I go on, already sold out. Like, oh. except, you know, other cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, LA sold out real quick. Uh, anyway, that's why I'm not going to be there. And I'm, I'm a little miffed. That I can't make it. I would love. I'd love to be there. I'm sorry, man, but we'll get them next yeah. year because we could even have our own panel, not be part. Of yes, I know. I would love, panel, but do our own one. So I would love oh, that. Yeah. yeah. So and then we can fly Jake over, and he'll be part of that panel too. We the entire <laughs> conglomerate of our our past guests. What but. state are you in? Can I ask? What state? I am currently in Ohio. Uh, I Ohio. will be in LA uh, this coming March, I believe, but. Yeah. Okay. For yeah, an, we'll book a ticket for that December, so you can be part okay. of the panel with Andrew and me. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk after the air. We'll talk after <laughs> yeah. recording. All right. On onward to the next thing. Nice. Uh, so before we go into the Patreon shoutouts, I thought I would uh, hand Jake the mic to uh, talk about uh, plugging the bat feed. Yeah. So um, again, thank you guys so much for having me on. This is this is fun to just kind of shoot the shit and talk about things. Um, all things Batman and superhero. Uh, so my channel, uh, the Bat Feed, like I said uh, before, I started it uh, back in 2020, um, and it really took off in the last few years or so. Uh, we do a lot of documentary-style videos, um, mainly taking place in uh, in the Victorian era, also in the 1920s. Um, but we also have this new series that we just started uh, called the Arkham Tapes, which is a... Uh, Batman analog horror style series, and uh, it really takes a look at uh, what if what if there was a more otherworldly side to Batman's rogues gallery, mm-hmm. um, and using like that VHS style found footage type stuff. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to piece together, and there's plenty more to come. We have uh, one full season of that. It's only like six or seven episodes, but um, we have plenty more to come. So. Uh, feel free to check it out. Check us out on YouTube. It's just the Bat Feed, um, and we're on pretty much every other form of social media. Uh, so feel free to give us a follow or a subscribe on any of those. You on Threads? I am. Honest <laughs> 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 to God, I still don't know how that thing fucking works. <laughs> it's just—it's just Twitter. They're trying to be Twitter. Yeah, with, except with more you, pictures. Uh, I don't think it uses hashtags though. <laughs> Yeah, it's Twitter, but without all the other stuff that people exactly. like Twitter. Everyone thought that was going to be a mass exodus from X, and it didn't happen. <laughs> like, they're, everyone's still there, like, yeah, it, despite whatever political leanings you have. Uh, yeah. So, anyway. Um, but, yeah, awesome. So, right. uh, let's see. Moving on over into the Patreon shoutouts. Let me pull up the slide, and here we go. Oh, man.
we got, I see the slide there. We've had a few people join the last month or two. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's coming up slowly. All right. All right, everybody. Thanks to uh, everybody on here, but some of our more recent people. Uh, let's go with put, put your guns on. Michael C. and Leom O. is back in the saddle again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks for coming back on. Uh, and thanks, everybody. Other supporters, Spark again. We mentioned you uh, and everybody else. Uh, thank you, everybody up here on the board. And we've mm-hmm. told you about our friends here. And now we would like you to do us a favor. We'd like you to tell all your friends about us and solve mysteries. Elementary. (laughs) You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 